Welcome to the Massacre Matinee. It is Friday, which means welcome back to the matinee. Well, matinee recording day. You guys are watching this on Monday. Today's episode is actually going to be a follow-up to your case. And did you realize that you got lucky number 13 for your first case? Did I? You got lucky that number 13. That is awesome. You bitch. <laughs> I love that also because Jaden was born on the 13th. Oh, that's awesome. Weird fun fact. Her birthday is going to fall on a Friday, like every few years. Hell yeah. Awesome. I'm really hoping she'll be into like Jason and Friday the 13th and we're going to horrify Ryan's grandparents. Oh yeah. That'd be great. I think it'd be Friday the 13th, Jason theme. It absolutely would be. So Kate's not here today. (laughs) Very sad. No, she's, uh, I think she's going to see Jeff Dunham, Mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. Well, she would have already seen Jeff Dunham. Man, the timeline kind of fucks with my head a little bit. So my case today actually ties into your episode um not a lot of people actually know and we didn't bring it up in the last episode but ever since recording that one we've we've been talking in length about his daughter emily come to find out that she is her own case so i was originally going to call this kind of like a like father like daughter sort of thing but it's not (laughs) apple doesn't fall far from the tree well, sad. It's sad to say that, it, though. It is sad to say that, but I don't think it is a, like, father-like daughter kind of thing. No? No. I'm very um, interested. I don't know. Like I said, I couldn't find anything myself. But well, I didn't spend as much time. I think you spent some stuff, it looks like. Yeah, I, I read through a few different articles, actually, and she had also done some interviews and stuff. Oh, you found some interviews? Oh. I, awesome. I didn't get complete. But just something from her, though. Right, so, something from her, and... When she did what she did, she was in a dark place. She she had been diagnosed with depression at 13. And that was shortly after a lot of things happened. So she had been in a dark place for a while. I mean, I would think growing up, I know not necessarily always in her father's household, but just with a father like that, mm-hmm. having any influence. I mean, it's not excusing everything, but well, very interesting. For those of you who have not yet listened to Faith's first episode on Ariel Castro. That was the previous episode, episode 13. I believe I called it The Other Castro, Mm -hmm. a lesser known scum. That's what I called it. But this one's about his daughter, Emily Castro. And just a brief kind of little highlight of what that was. Ariel Castro uh, kidnapped three girls between, I think it was 2000 and 2004, 2002 and 2004, I think it was. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... The dirty wet sock. Yeah, he, he, uh, he kidnapped three girls, he tortured them and raped them and beat them and abused them, and eventually they did get free. Um, I was 2013 when they got free and were arrested, so the, the longest one that was kidnapped was over a decade in, in capture. It's, it's an insane Thinking episode. Thinking about how much stuff can happen in a decade. Right. So... I mean, if you think about it, when she went into that house, cell phones didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And when she came out, like, iPhones were a big thing. Yeah. So, you if you haven't seen that episode, or watched that episode, listen to that episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something about that episode. If, <laughs> if you haven't been all about that episode, go back and check out that episode. It'll give you a bit more context for this episode. But, 
Emily Castro was Ariel Castro's daughter. He was a kidnapper in Ohio. <laughs> it's not funny, but a kidnapper, like it's a profession. Yeah, it's well, it's shitty. It, mm. I mean, I guess some people, a profession in history. Yeah, get a short-lived career, thankfully. Thank God. Uh, I was just crazed, impressed and really horrified, to be honest, to be the right word, by how little media coverage there was. I had never right. heard of the Ariel Castro. Neither have I. Ever. Neither have I, until, honestly. like, the two podcasts that I had, you link, I had never heard of it, and it's just, I don't think there's any other kidnappers, or I almost want to say he was a potential serial killer, because mm. I don't think he was ever going to let them go, and I do see an escalation there. He did not actually kill anyone or, you know, them, He intended on probably keeping him forever. I mean, if, I feel like if, if he, he had let him go, it would have come back to him. Exactly. And that's why I feel like if things had, like, somehow escalated and he was backed into a corner, he probably would have killed them. Probably. So he could have been a potential serial killer, hypothetically. But it just makes me... Thankfully, we didn't have to find out. Yeah. I don't think anyone else, I guess, kidnapping serial killers ever kept a victim that way that I've heard of. No. I, I like don't think so. Over 10 years. Like, there's a few, like, six, eight-year cases that I have heard. That's sad, but 10, 12 yeah. years, like. I, I I would never want to be a hostage. I said that during your episode, and I'm going to say it again. I would never want to be kidnapped or be a hostage in any way. Mm-hmm. But um, em- Emily Castro was actually friends with two of the women that her father, Ariel, kidnapped, um, Gina De Jesus and Amanda Berry. They were friends with both Emily Castro and Arlene Castro. And I believe Arlene was with, was it Amanda? No, um, Arlene was with Gina when yeah, Gina the last, got kidnapped. Yeah, the youngest and the yeah. last one. They were walking home from school together. Oh, Amanda was the youngest. Oh, yep, no, you're correct. Because Amanda's the blonde, right? Yes. Yes, the, the one that he was specifically fancying. Fanciful of, yeah. Yeah. So, for a lot of Emily's childhood, um, her, their relationship between Ariel, Ariel, her father, and Grimelda, her mother, was very, very tumultuous, and there was a lot of fighting and stuff. And she ended up living with her mother, and her stepfather as a child. Um, she did make the rare visit to Ariel's house, she said, but she remembers distinctly that during those times when those girls would have been there, he had big speakers from his band blocking off the stairs so you couldn't get up to the second floor. And that's and what I was And she wasn't allowed past the kitchen in yeah, that he wouldn't the let first anybody ooh, in the first floor. So that is just I mean, not insane. to say anyone's ever to blame, but it's just crazy that he had people around. It's not like he was in some cabin right. miles away it, right. in the boonies. He was, you know, in a very public, so to speak, and, place. Yeah, and he said the band was there every Saturday, and, mm-hmm. like, nobody noticed anything. Yeah, like, they didn't have people playing, but they practiced there. That's right. what I researched. Like, multiple articles were referencing that, yeah, he had family over. He had his brothers coming over you know all the time and a lot of them spoke in interviews and said that yeah he never allowed anyone upstairs or into the basement that they were only allowed on that first level right. into that kitchen area so they never really knew yeah it's a, he just thought he was some weird guy I, well he, he also said it was a bit of a hoarder house too mm-hmm. so i mean why would you want to go exploring you i know? mean yeah that was the excuses that they said he was giving at times that it was messy that you know the plumbing was broken in the basement and the way it was described the condition of the room that they were allowed in they believed him it must right. be really messy and gross so they just 
supposedly never questioned it. I guess it, it, some people feel if I didn't see it, it didn't happen. Maybe it was mm-hmm. just out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So Emily, like I said, had been suffering from depression since she was 13 years old. That was actually, like, conveniently enough, very shortly before Ariel's first kidnapping. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that would have. She would have been 13, I believe, in 2001 or 2002. I don't know what her birthday was. I'll be honest, I Googled it. I don't know why I thought Google might have some information, <laughs> but... The only thing that ever came up was news articles. Yeah, like I said, it was really hard to find anything. I went through a lot of news articles. I was able to barely squeeze this page of notes out, but you bet your ass we're going to make it interesting. I'm impressed with the page you got. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, half of the page is just this uh, backstory a little bit. So April 21st of 2003 was when Amanda Berry was kidnapped. This would have put Emily at 15 at the time. And she had been, like she said, said over to the all house. All right up close to, to the ages of the girl. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's two separate cases, but it's really interesting to see possibly how maybe the lack there of a relationship, because it sounds like she didn't have much relationship with her father, which, thank goodness. Yeah. But there's, it's interesting to see her psychology progress and mm-hmm. how her life goes with her own case. And also to think about Ariel's. Right. And the fact that he was kidnapping girls right around his own daughter's ages. And, like, it's just... It's so disgusting. It's so hard to get through. April 3rd, 2007. At this point, Emily is 19. Her boyfriend was like, hey, so... Bye. And that was her baby daddy. And she had been dealing with depression since she was 13 years old. And she, he was her world, and what was she going to do? And her family had actually spoke out about everything to say, yeah, you know, that's something that we've had to deal with, like, for a long time. That's, it's, she's fighting some demons right now kind of thing. So he, the boyfriend leaves, and he's just like, okay, deuces, I'm out. And she's just so distraught. But on April 4th of 2007, Emily, who was 19 at the time, decided to slash her 11-month-old daughter, Janila? I think that's how I heard it. I like Janila. We're going to go with Janila. If it's wrong, (laughs) I apologize. Uh, Her her daughter Janila's throat four times before slashing her own throat and slitting her wrists. And then when she realized that that didn't work... Janila lives, too, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're ruining the drama. I'm sorry, I can't handle the drama with children. The babies. I understand. This I understand. is a little baby. Um, so she slashed her throat four times. She slashed her own throat, slashed her wrist, didn't feel like she was dying fast enough. So she's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go drown myself out back in the creek that just happened to be like off in the woods behind the house kind of thing. This is a crude comment. Was she using something very dull? I was going to say, I think she might have been using a butter knife or something because... I mean, it's good. I, I'm, I'm very grateful. Well, there, not there only the were, baby, but even for her because there that's were not the resolution. There were quite severe injuries. Um, you, if you look it up, you can actually see some of, like, from shortly after she was arrested, some, like, marking. blood marking on her own neck, but it, it, does, it, lo- it almost looks like she just hesitated on her own and figured drowning would be easier. I'm not sure. But she, she was going through th- some things. Mm-hmm. And so th- this happened three years after Amanda Berry was kidnapped. Four years after. Four years after Amanda Berry was kidnapped. T- to the same month, even. That's just, like, crazy to me. Like, the universe works in really weird ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the uh, Her name. The baby does survive. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> the baby. Why did we have to do an episode alone? Kate, where are you? Help. Tonight. <laughs> Janila. 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 The baby survives. <laughs> and uh, the the 911 call must have been absolutely horrifying because Cremelda, uh, I believe from what I read, somebody else, like a neighbor, ended up calling 911. Okay, that's why I was one of my questions. Grimila ran out of the house with her granddaughter in her arms, trying to Aww. hold pressure and just that blood everywhere. But, but the baby does survive. Imagine being a grandmother, like everything she went through with her shitty wet sock of a fucking ex-husband, raising her kids, and then mm-hmm. her daughter's struggling, and then she has a baby, and then, and then she, she snaps. <laughs> and it's very possible that she was dealing with postpartum I'm, because yeah, the baby I'm not was only that. eleven. That's months. a struggle no one understands unless you go through, and it's a very serious thing. It is. It is very serious thing. So as I'm a not side note, that. if you or someone you know might be dealing with postpartum depression, please, please, please get it checked out because at that point, it's not just your life on the line. Somebody ask for help. It's out there. People love you. Yes. Back to the story. Back to the murder. Well, it wasn't even really murder. No, but it was definitely attempted. It's definitely it's, attempted. It's, it's kind of fucked. From what I, when I first seen it, it seemed like it was a valid attempt at murder. And it seems like a very valid attempt at suicide. Not very successfully. Now, keep but, in mind, all of this happened before anybody even knew what Ariel was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, following everything that happened, like I said, the baby survived. Obviously, Emily survived. Uh, November 5th, the following year, 2008, she was sentenced to 25 years. Um, she was looking for a, to, to make a plea deal for like a mental, mentally unstable sort of thing. Yeah. Claim mental Mm -hmm. insanity. Yeah. I I don't think that's stuck. No, that's a really hard one to ever get in court. You have to show that you do not understand consequences. I wouldn't necessarily say insane. I, I mental break, absolutely. I, yeah, I would. I would say that something happened that made it very, very difficult for you to make a sound choice. Yes, and I uh, think mental help is needed, still, not criminal. You know, you're still kind of responsible for that. You know, exactly. November two thousand eight, she was sentenced to the twenty five years. Three days before Ariel was arrested, Emily actually spoke to him. And at that point, she was already in jail, so I'm assuming it would have been either a phone call or a visitation, but. Good old jail call. Three days before he was caught, she spoke to him. And she didn't know. I mean, she knew he was abusive, but she never would have fathomed in her mind that he, he was kidnapped capable. people and raped people. He was a school bus driver. Yeah, because and that's exactly it. It was just because he was, everybody knew him, and he was just so friendly on the outside, kind of. That's what it was like. It was very well known that he was a really bad husband and very abusive to his wife. But it seemed like he was really described as being like a very uh, people person and mm-hmm. that he was really great to his kids is what I was finding. And that, yeah, he loved kids, supposedly. He was a school bus driver. Well, we know he loved kids. Yeah, just good old grandpa vibes, you know? Yeah. And a, a year before Ariel was arrested, uh, Grimilda actually died. <gasps> yeah. So she didn't even get to see... That is not okay. Him finally going to jail. I, I, I'm sure, you know, whatever your beliefs grave. may be, she's seeing him from somewhere with a smile, you know? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I believe he's dead now, isn't he? I believe so, yeah, because he hung himself. That's right. Because he's That's a right. dirty, wet sock pansy. Yeah. And couldn't face consequences to his actions. 
precise. So after Ariel was arrested, the girls she were was freed. waiting for him. Everybody <laughs> was happy. Uh, both Gina De Jesus and Amanda Berry made statements saying that Emily was actually in the car with Ariel shortly before they were kidnapped, kind of thing. Yeah, like they they saw I him go by the with trauma her of that. Just you know what I mean. So this whole time, through this entire childhood. He was hiding this so well that, like, none of his family would have suspected him to do any of these things. And I really feel like something like that probably had a huge impact on Emily. I mean, depression, especially in your preteen years, which for our generation anyway seemed to yeah. hit anywhere between like 10 and 15 we'll give it a oh, nice yeah. wide range yeah just i'd to say be personally 13 prime years 13, prime years 13 is prime years yeah. for a lot My of people dad, and that's how old bless she was his soul when rest that. in peace said 13 yeah. to 17 was the worst years ever i believe it i believe it and i i felt it that's for sure but she was at her peak peak prime puberty issues when mm-hmm. her depression oh, hit no and it's it's almost like it never really got a chance to work its kinks out. Uh, yeah. She committed a horrific crime six years after probably her first period. I feel like there's so much more probably to the story. Just for their own reasons, don't mm-hmm. want to look at or think about. But like you were touching on, for him to be able to hide that from them for so long, I think that says something about his psychology and what he's capable of. So I can only imagine how that could play into how other that could roles his... as a parent and right. how that affected Emily possibly. Right. What ways we'll never know. She and a lot of people are claiming he wasn't really around much, but even that can cause some damage. If a man is capable of hiding three women for multiple years and having people around in the location like that, how real were what any, else is he capable how real of, you were know? any of his relationships exactly. that he could be so two faced like that? And and how does that affect your developmental growth as, as a, a child? child looking up to you know your role model because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who they are especially those young years that's your role model right and i mean as someone that i my stepdad came into my life when i was three years old and i hated him all of my life <laughs> okay. up until like i don't know like eight years ago no i'd like to say we're pretty good friends yeah well in your adult years exactly and you're, and, and as that, two adults in that you're able same to be regard like you got to get like halfway through your 20s before you really start to mature and figure out who you and are and figure out who yes, you are and she yes. didn't even get that chance before this i say the same happened. thing about and now she's going to spend members. 25 years in jail trying to figure out who she is in such a secluded situation I, I do feel for her. I feel like she was really feeling some problems. I feel like mm-hmm. she absolutely went about solving those problems the wrong fucking way. Absolutely. You answered one question I had, and I didn't know it inter- where to interject it, but I'm glad you answered it. And that was going to be my, my one question is, did we, did we or do we believe that she was truly suffering from depression, or was it just the lawyers pulling that card? I personally think your case explained that she really was i think she really was depressed and i'm really glad to get that answer at least from this because it's just so crazy to try to imagine you know someone being capable of doing that i just glad we got to touch on that you got to pull up something right right and i would like to people think that, va- you know, validating that yes she suffered from this for years right and and you know. at this point this happened and she was sentenced in 2008 and i believe they probably ended up giving her time served so 
25 years minus roughly six months that she yeah. already served at that point. So if, we'll just say 2008 for round math. That would put her out in 2042. So she's over half her sentence at this point, I believe. Maybe not everyone will agree. I kind of think it's kind of sad that she's in prison in jail. I do know what she did was an attempted murder. It was a violent act she absolutely, tried to do. Absolutely, absolutely. But I don't think... I do believe she was it's a getting mental health problem. I, I do believe she was getting help. With Is those she getting help in there? there. Okay. I, I don't. Some prisons I don't are know great. if it's Some like an ongoing thing, but I hope so for seems, her sake. I mean, at this point, because like I said, being isolated and right. stuff, and just punished, so to speak, for it. Yes, she deserves. I mean, right now in twenty twenty three, we're fifteen years later at this point. So I hope she's getting. She's she's mid thirties at this point. That way, when she does hopefully get out, she is a different. She's not dealing with but the same thing she was dealing with at thirteen. That's just it is um is it necessary to take away someone's entire working years That's for a situation like this i I feel like they should have considered a mental health facility first, yeah, with higher security type of situation, yeah and give it like maybe like a probationary period stay in this yeah, mental health facility get some help some for two years consequences of some form and if you help. show improvement if you if you show that you know you're literally becoming a better person at this point Community, com contributing to society precise. sorry i can't speak today precise but i wouldn't say you know go to this mental health facility if you're good in two years we'll just let you go yeah absolutely i would not. say you know sure. in, exactly. in two That's years what we'll reevaluate yeah. if you're still showing exactly. that you've got some problems going on in there we're gonna leave you in there a little mm -hmm. longer if you're showing that you've got no remorse we're gonna put you in jail for 20 years if you're showing that you've got remorse but you've got help now and things are going like super fucking well then it would I would say more like oh well like five years exactly I'd agree with that because more you know you did something wrong you still need to serve that term mm -hmm, but you, mm -hmm. that remorse makes all the difference it does and especially when there's multiple people to kind of validate that this isn't just so, not that it's ever an excuse but it's not something that was I mean I just hate to say people try to pull the insanity card mm -hmm. all the time when they're not and they don't have any issue there's some really horrible people out there I guess that do have an issue. But not the way, you know, it's supposed to be seen in court. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, we've mm. seen some really horrible people that just try to hide behind that insanity and I don't understand what I'm doing type thing right. when they're very well of the violence and the pain they're oh, causing. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so and knowingly I'm lying glad to see things like that. Too. She's not falling under that category because sorry, her father is a horrible individual. Absolutely. So but I also didn't glad to see there was, it was no like you said, it was hard to find and she should get help then. You know? Right. Like you said, it was hard to find information on this case. Yes. So I don't know if there was issues in her relationship with her boyfriend prior to him leaving i don't know if her depression was putting a strain on the relationship or if he was abusive and that was putting a strain something could have been happening that we don't have details on because this is such a small case a lot of these articles on emily castro's arrest were actually written after ariel was arrested ariel's case was so big that people were writing articles saying hey did you know that the Cleveland kidnapper's daughter was also a criminal? Guess it runs <laughs> yep, in the family. That's how I found out. <laughs> and that's why I I put like father, like daughter question mark I on the, it was on I the was top so of my notes. And I really, I don't think this was a like father, like daughter situation. First of all, her crime happened first. So 
but <laughs> the proximity between how soon after his crimes that happened, whether she knew about him or not, how soon after that situation, her situation happened and she got found out first and he was able to keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Like, that's insane. You know, some backstory on this depression. And yes. you and I mean, is this coming from Emily or is this coming from her legal team? You and exactly. I mean, and I, I had a big I really question think, on that. I and really I believe think that it was you. coming from Emily. her depression. Yeah. I, and some of the articles did mention that they, they weren't sure if she was dealing with, they said PPD, but I was assuming they mm -hmm. meant postpartum depression. I would assume. Uh, which is very possible. I mean, mm -hmm. you can you can spontaneously I mean, get postpartum depression yes. upwards of like three years after mm -hmm. your baby is born, mm -hmm. and it's still considered postpartum. I mean, if if you're having a panic attack because your baby's in another room, you need to talk to your doctor. Yep, and that was what was. There's lots of symptoms. I believe there is five specifically they look for. Two are required for the diagnosis, and one of those two I do know from a few doctors I've spoken to from just having children and stuff is, well, child. I have one child. Sometimes she <laughs> but, seems like a herd of children just on her <laughs> own, though. But um, is having a fear about either being away from the baby or you don't want to be around your baby. You have to have an anxiety or a fear that relates to the baby specifically. Yep. That's good information to have that, yeah, if you're too afraid to let go of your baby, it gives you too much anxiety, or you just need a break constantly and you feel like you cannot function, mm -hmm. I and mean, it's just sensory overload, then both of those are a sign that you need to talk to somebody. Right. It's okay. Please don't put your babies in closets just because they're loud. <laughs> no. Please no. don't leave them outside. Don't no. leave your baby in the car when you no. go to the fucking grocery store. No. Like, you do need to no. take care of your baby. And if you don't feel like you can take sufficient care of your baby or you, you need, need help. To talk to somebody. You need help. Get help. Yeah. Please. Don't mm -hmm. hurt your babies. They didn't ask to be here. Don't rape your babies either. See, that's what makes this so weird. It's like, her father was going after people that were so young. And what makes me wonder, my, theor my theory is that... The boyfriend leaving was just a breaking point. Oh, 100% agree. Uh, I think she, the depression was she there. She has said... Possibly postpartum well, depression the, on top of it. Right. And then that boyfriend leaving probably but, just but triggered. But my theory... I almost wonder if maybe she was starting to suspect something of Ariel. Yeah, and that on top of everything, too. Just and like she was like, so I... Alarming. Yeah, and, and it was just... Maybe that was the final thing. And she was like, I'm not going to leave my baby to get raped by this man, too. Yeah or something or beaten or something because i mean there was abuse happening from him i don't know if there was abuse happening anywhere else in the family dynamic but for for one reason or another she did not want to leave that baby behind but she did not want to exist anymore and i feel like finding the answer to why she was trying to take the baby with her is what really would help determine yeah. If it was depression or if it was suspicion. Yeah, that'd be a, that's a good theory. I like that theory. I think keep in mind that we that are not would. psychologists. No. We are not trained professionals. It helps to understand what makes people make bad choices to hopefully help people make better choices in the future and it make does. the world a better place. That's why I'm very interested on those things. As weird as it sounds, ever since I started researching true crime. It's like one of the many things that has helped me become a better person because it's like, wow, you know, my 
life's not that bad <laughs> yeah no it definitely puts things into perspective for you that's for sure like it does. Aerial cast it does put it my it's, life into perspective thinking about how much i've done and been able to do or could do with 12 years of my life mm-hmm. and to think of these girls not being able to do anything like a lot of them came out as an adult and they went in as yeah. children they missed out on you know the end of high school they missed out on prom they missed out on early relationships social dynamics they missed out on so much right whether it's physical things that they could have achieved in their life possible careers that they could have started you know it's so many things right and it's just devastating to think about there's some bad bitches truth but i mean and a few of them have some really good careers it seems like now that's also why the universe works in mysterious ways not gonna say it's okay or fair but the universe works in mysterious ways both of them have two of the three have um multiple signed books that's okay so i don't know how well they're doing but they claim they're both doing well the two of the three you know the first that one i'm i am not in this situation it may come across as blunt or harsh or however you might take Say it. it i am not intending for this to come across as victim shaming oh, but no. just an insight i have never really been a huge fan of people that just decide to turn around and make a buck on their situation oh for sure like if <laughs> I'm not strong enough to survive any of the situations that these women have survived. I will be the first to fucking say that. I'm a little bitch. I don't want to be a hostage. (laughs) I'd rather fucking die. However, in the hypothetical situation where I went through something like this and I survived, I wouldn't want to be writing books and getting more attention and having everybody staring at me and talking about my history. That was Michelle. I wouldn't want that was any Michelle. Of that. The oldest one, Michelle, she mentions how the other two girls, they go around and they travel and they speak up about abuse, domestic violence, and they share their story. One of them has a book as well. I believe it's Amanda that has a book as well. Okay. Michelle is the other one. She has two books, but she does not travel with the other girls, and she said she hasn't seen them in a very long time because she can't handle it. She wants to put that chapter behind her. She wrote her book to get it out and to process it. Mm -hmm. And she said that she has a lot of love for those girls. They will always have a connection and a bond. But for right now, as she put it, she cannot handle But Michelle was the older one. Yeah. She was the one that was 21 when she was taken. So So different a little bit than what you're saying, but kind of similar to what you're saying. She doesn't want that attention. She doesn't want to be in the light. It's different generationally, though. To where Amanda and I think Gia... Georgina? Georgina. Georgina. Gina. Gina. Um, they, I, I can't really speak for them. If it's about the money, who knows? It could be. But I, I believe Amanda, she talked about a little bit. I mean, what I was bringing up losing all those years, being right. a child. You're going out, you know, a lot of your friends already have established careers. You don't have a high school diploma. You got to make How money How are you going to go get a job? So when the opportunity is provided to, hey, write a book about your experience. Hey, we'll pay you to come do talks on tours around the country and share your experience to hopefully, you know, give insight for other women. Just right. warning signs of what to look for so this doesn't happen to you. Who wouldn't kind of take that? I mean, it... I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing. I mean, but it's, if you it's have... kind of like accepting the, the COVID stimulus package. Like, somebody's offering you free money. Why say no? 
I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. They definitely could have just said no and went and got a job at Wendy's and continued their life there. I'd but like to they think did I miss out on like I 10 mean, years. And if you're handed an opportunity, like, hey, this horrible experience you went through, you can make a career out of just talking about it if you're comfortable with it. Right. Where Michelle said no. Like, she did write her book, but she doesn't want to talk about it. She can't talk about it. She doesn't spend time with the other two girls because she can't handle it mentally. She had to put it behind her. I think that's I don't know why what I she's doing. No one knows Michelle. what she's doing in now. that situation because i am the age now that yeah. michelle was and none when of them are wrong out. for their choices they're all everyone process is different right. you know but i agree like if you're just gonna make a buck out of it solely to make a buck off of it that's just something about your character you're a little shitty a little bit a little touch there shitty i don't really well, i don't really know amanda well, did uh, like shitty. she talked about missing time and you know not really knowing what to do with her life at this point having a young daughter to provide for mm-hmm. and how she talks about Obviously, she wishes she was never kidnapped, but right. I mean, her life, she says, is almost probably better than what it would have been without it because of the opportunities that it opened for her. And she said that is a very hard thing for her to handle on her own mentally. Understandably. Because, like you said, I mean, she is getting all so this money, all each, this opportunity. She each wouldn't have been there. A different battle. Yeah. A different battle. A different. That's why demon. that case is so crazy. I'm so glad I got to like talk about it, even though it's probably understand because I'm spaz. But. It's just, it's it's crazy that everything happened between Ariel and Emily in such a close timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, kidnaps happen. Well, she she gets depression. Yeah. As as a, a pubescent teen. The kidnaps happen. A couple years later. She has a baby. She has a baby. She, year, almost a year after that, he leaves her. And she has She tries break. to kill she the could, baby. Yeah. She goes to jail and then he and gets then. caught. That's just an insane timeline. Yeah. I'm thinking this is going to be episode 13.5. They're kind of linked <laughs> together, you know? We did talk so much about it. It's hard not to. Honestly, this is going to be almost a 40-minute episode. Probably close to a 40-minute episode. Well, just there you go. You were own. worried. So I was worried. I was not so with me. Worried. I just won't shut the fuck up. So worried. You're welcome. So worried. <laughs> so, um, you know, I... I like to try and raise the spirits with humor, as I tend to do. Yes. In, humor me. In typical morbid situations. So, the doozy scale today. How many Prozacs? I'd say four. Four it's Prozacs. It's not the worst we've had. Not it's the worst you've done. It's not the worst. Um, it's up there, though. It's it's definitely a situation it's that could have... It's one of those ones that it could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. It very easily mm-hmm. could have been prevented. And if the, if her family knew that she was fighting depression that whole time, yeah, why did they leave her alone with the baby? She was living with her mom, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Why did they leave her alone with the baby? We will see you guys next week. Kate will be back next week. Maybe Yay, there maybe there will be a little bit less chaos. She's the mom. She, yeah, she, we need mom. I'm the oldest, but she's the mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.